You're listening to Fanholes, a podcast for fans by the fans. Secret Brothers. I have clinical. You guys are like wasting my time right now. Hey, baby. What's <laughs> going on? This is my microphone voice. <laughs> Where do you buy those at? I need one. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck is going on. I didn't invent honorable mentions, mister. (laughs) I have a headset. It looks way cool. You should all be jealous. uh, We are. I'm with Mike on that one. I'm a woman. (laughs) It is our show. It's called Fan Holes, not, you know, what you guys want. (laughs) (laughs) We do a podcast? What the fuck? Hmm, at last, my revenge on that awful archer, Hawkeye, is at hand. He's about to be caught up in the... Crossfire! Yes, him and the woman who killed me, Bobby Morse. But first, let us set the mood for vengeance by listening to fan holes. Yes, the pop culture podcast made for the fans. And by the fans. Perhaps I should even call my old friend Arnvon and Bombshell. The Death Bros to join him. Uh, let's not go crazy. Hey guys, welcome back to another archerific episode of Fanholes Podcast. Hey, what's up guys? This is Derek, Derek WC. I'm going to be one of your hosts for tonight. And joining me tonight are two, count them, two of my fellow fan holes. Why don't you give a shout out, guys, and let everybody know who's here tonight. Right on target. It's Mike. Hey, guys, this is Tony. And man, this week's topic hits me right in the 80s. So this (laughs) is the beginning of the epic Avengers Month on Fan Holes Podcast. We're doing... Avengers-themed topics all month long in honor of the release of Avengers Age of Ultron, which is premiering May 1st this year, 2015. So as you're listening to this, as you're watching Age of Ultron, we are also covering Avengers-related material. And one of the first things that we're going to be discussing this week, get us a little warmed up, all excited, a buzz for Avengers goodness is a miniseries. Well, I guess it was an ongoing series, right, Mike? Yeah, it was initially intended to be an ongoing. It was intended to be an ongoing series in 2010, and it was called Hawkeye and Mockingbird. If you knew, why'd you let me come along? Huh. The costume didn't hurt. So why'd you come? Hmm. The costume had a lot to do with it. This came out on the heels of the... I, well, I guess it was, you know, part of that whole heroic age themed line that Marvel was pushing way back in 2010, and it was written by Jim McCann, and it was penciled by David Lopez. So the basic idea here is, I guess I'll just read some of the synopses from Marvel.com, but basically, it you know, it, it's basically sold um, on, I think the synopsis on Amazon describes it, 
this way. It says, Hawkeye, the world's greatest marksman, is back and reunited with the world's most dangerous super spy, Mockingbird, in an all-new adventure. The deadly duo defied every obstacle to make their way back to each other and put together the all-new WCA team. But now the one thing that divided them years before has returned to haunt them. The Phantom Rider. So that's kind of like the bite-sized synopsis. They they have other kind of more detailed synopsises for issue to issue over on Marvel.com, talking about, you know, how also the Assassin Crossfire is involved, and, you know, who is the new Phantom Rider, and, you know, all this kind of stuff that goes on in the miniseries. But, you know, basically, it, it only lasted four, six issues. So it is, I guess, intentional or otherwise, kind of all wrapped up in a neat bow for a, a Marvel trade paperback, as they're apt to do these days. But, I, I mean, I would say it's not really written for the trade. I, I, I imagine this is maybe why, you know, Michael suggested this as something we should all check out and, and as a series that he enjoyed reading. You, you, were, you were buying this as it came out, weren't you? And I double-dipped, and I got the trade when it was all collected. Cause... And then uh, fill us in, like, is there anything, were, were there any swanky extras in the trade that you could not obtain, or, or even maybe vice versa, given some of the stuff that was in the first issue? Yeah, actually, like, the trade is one of the better, like, I I love it when, like, they, they go the extra mile, and it's not just, you know, the issues included in a trade, and... This, the Hawkeye and Mockingbird trade is a really like nice investment because it, it not only does it have the six issues, it has um the like six or seven page like story that was in that like heroic age like in, intro to heroic age like one shot or whatever where they had you know like eight different stories. Uh, okay, that, like, okay. So, you know, so what, why don't you fill us in on that eight pages? Like, is there anything we need to know or anything that, no, that you think might help people out? It's basically, like, you know how the whole, the series opens up with, like, Hawkeye and Mockingbird, like, in a car chase? And, yeah, like, they yeah. take down, well, it's basically, like, another car chase, basically. And they're, 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 they take out the guy, the uh, people they're chasing, like, you know, stylishly. And, you know, they have uh, inner monologues about what's been going on and, like, you know, what where they've been and, where they're going and it's you know it it was kind of it's kind of redundant when you read it and then you read the next like the first issue and they're in another like car chase but it's still you know it's nicely written it's still written by Jim McCann and drawn by David Lopez so I mean you know if you like that stuff it's still a, a nice extra to have and then like the the trade also um has like you know a bunch of a whole load of uh, concept art by like David Lopez, like Hawkeye and Mockingbird's new costumes, um, the whole the what do you call the the whole like Mockingbird's little like spy like organization, like it has a like layout of their headquarters and like you know designs for her whole like you know uh, West WC team or you know whatever they call it the counter spy agency and. Uh, and it also it has like obviously like the cover galleries and stuff, and it has a nice foreword by like Jim McCann, how he like talks about like how Hawkeye's like his favorite superhero and stuff, and you know I really related to a lot of that. So like yeah, the, if you can pick up the trade, it's a really like good bang for your buck trade. 
Yeah, I thought I thought it was interesting, at least in you know when I was getting ready, prepared for the show. This is something like I hadn't read before, so you know one of the things I liked about the the first issue anyway was that not only could you tell that Jim McCon, like he's also an editor for Marvel, so it seemed like he was the guy pushing to have Mockingbird be the character that was brought back in Secret Invasion, you know, that she was something that they could recover in the midst of all that kind of event chaos where, you know, worlds will live, worlds will die, and all this other kind of stuff, you know? So so it seemed like he kind of saved her from the kind of obscurity of, you know, being in, uh, you know, Hades, hell, with, like, the Jack of Hearts playing the slot machine <laughs> in Incredible Hercules or whatever. You know, it's like, oh, she's not just going to be, like, one of those characters you only see when the characters go to, like, the Netherworld or hell or Mephisto's realm or whatever. It's like they, he kind of scooped her up and put her back in the spotlight with Every, the Avengers, you know? Every, everyone likes to joke that, like, the scroll that replaced Mockingbird is, like, one friggin' dedicated scroll because she's even <laughs> playing, like, Mockingbird in hell now, like, basically. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's kind of interesting. I guess I never, I never thought of it that way, but, but I, guess, I guess that's the way you have to think of it now, huh? I, yeah. I, I, you know, I guess you would be thinking, oh, the, the, it sort of invalidates some of those stories, but I guess maybe yeah, it doesn't, like, you know? I, I think I talked with Justin about this before, but, like, I have in the back of my head that Thunderbolts annual where, like, Hawkeye and the Thunderbolts go to hell because they think they're going to rescue Mockingbird. And it's actually, like, yeah, Patsy Walker. Cat, right? Yeah. yeah, but, like, at, in, at one point in that annual, like, someone, like, shoots at Hawkeye and, like, a battle stave, like, flies out of nowhere and deflects the shot and, like, he doesn't know, like, where it came from. And, like, when they leave hell, you sort of see, like, Mockingbird's, like, silhouette, like, in the background and stuff. But, yeah, I guess guess that was just the scroll Mockingbird. Yeah, man, they really did a number on her special hypnotic training to be like Mockingbird, I guess. That that scroll mind control is is a thing to behold. I'm just I'm looking at the trade right now to see if I forgot anything. There's a, and there's one other cool thing in the trade. Um, it has like a couple page like uh, history of like Hawkeye and Mockingbird, basically. Yeah, yeah, that that and, was something nice that was in the first issue of the comic. Yeah, yeah, it must be in there. But I really like how it's told from like their perspective, yeah. basically. Like Mockingbird explains Hawkeye's origin, and Hawkeye explains her origin, and I just like like her commentary when they, she's like, you know, and then like he met the Black Widow, and like the big dope like completely fell for her, and like was like your little lapdog and stuff. Like I thought that was pretty funny, but yeah, or, or like I like the bit where they said, you know, Hawkeye figured he could do better with his arrows what a gabillion dollar suit could do, and so he went to tackle Iron Man, you know, and he's got the <laughs> clip of of him from, you know, the Tales of Suspense issue and everything like that. I'm, I'm curious, Tony, I know I know you and I, and, and especially Mike, because he's obviously the biggest Hawkeye fan on fan halls, but I know we're all sort of pretty familiar with a lot of the history involved here, but what would you say in terms of, like, an outside reader, like, could they come to this fresh? And even if, if they read this history kind of synopsis in the back, like, I, I feel like it would kind of get people up to date if they needed to be up to date, you know, so that you're all on the same page by the time you start. I mean, what, what was your kind of take on that? Yeah, it was, it was pretty accessible. As you all know, I'm not a big collector of the 2000s. And I was a huge collector in the 80s and early 90s. 
And this did a good job of, like, you know, if you're a fan in the 80s, you definitely got a lot of little nods, which we'll talk about later. But also, if, like, you, like, you know, knew Hawkeye was a guy with arrows and Mockingbird is that girl, you would be like, oh, that's who Mockingbird is. Oh, that's who Hawkeye is. So I think, like, as far as, like, you know, previously with Hawkeye and Mockingbird, they did a good job with that. I think they they really explained it pretty succinctly and not, you know, too convolutedly to where new readers would be like, what the hell is this? Yeah, I did. I did think it was kind of ironic. I don't know if you noticed this or not, Mike, but when you kind of go through all the history, I mean, for the most part, it all kind of makes sense. They go through his Hawkeye's origin and they go through Mockingbird's origin, even way back to when she was hanging out with Kazar and stuff in the Savage Land. And then they go through the whole gauntlet with the West Coast Avengers and, you know, Mockingbird's supposed death. And they kind of fill you in on Secret Invasion and Hawkeye's time as Ronin. But I like how as as they get to more of the more recent stuff, which maybe readers are expected to know, they kind of buzz through it so quickly and, and they act like... Uh, I don't know, since it's written from Hawkeye's perspective, it's like this thing of, yeah, and then, you know, Scarlet Witch killed me, and that kind of sucked, and then there was some civil (laughs) war and all this other bullshit, and now here we are, you know, and it was just kind of like, it kind of made me crack up, because you you would think these are the stories that they're, you know, supposed to be pushing, maybe, or or at least, you know, but but in some sense, there was the sense that, ah, if you're reading this story, you know what happened in Civil War and all these other things. But then there's also the kind of sense of, well, Hawkeye was dead for a lot of that, so his attitude is, like, who gives a shit about this stuff? And if you're a reader who maybe wasn't dead during Civil War, but you just didn't, you know, your passion maybe was dead for it, maybe you, you kind of feel the same way as Hawkeye does, where he's just kind of like, yeah, well, so... All this weird shit happened, and I was wearing a suit and slicing people up with swords, and here we are, you know? (laughs) Well, I I think as a whole that the Heroic Age, the whole idea of it, even though it didn't last very long, unfortunately, is after Civil War and after, like, Secret War and all that stuff, you know, Marvel was really depressing. It was like, you know, everybody's, like, you know, know, conflicted about their ideas, you know, nobody knows who's a scroll and who's not a scroll. So I think the main push of the Heroic Age was to kind of, like, give people something a little bit more lighthearted, a little bit more fun to enjoy. Yeah, well, they were they were kind of moving out of that whole superhero registration, Civil War stuff, and moving out of the whole, you know, who do you trust, secret invasion, scroll stuff, where it was all about, you know, paranoia, or even, even what we talked about, like, you know, ironically, you know, fear itself is also kind of moving back towards those kind of heavy things, whereas the heroic age seemed to be pointing in a direction of, yeah, there's going to be, you know, characterization and there's going to be, you know, development with, with people, but not, it doesn't always have to be like sort of grim and, and not filled with optimism. You know, it's not that, you know, a good person can't make a difference, you know? Yeah. It it was definitely like, especially this six issues, it was like, there's some heavy themes here and there. Like, you know, like I said, we'll talk about it more later especially near the end of the series. But, like, for the most part, I hate to say this because it sounds really, like, you know, cliched, but it was just like a rollicking adventure with your two favorite, you know, like, previously a couple now divorced, uh, you know, Avengers who who don't have superpowers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I liked what you were talking about, Mike, before, you know, that they, they had the opening and they were going after these characters, and it kind of sets up everything you really need to know in the first couple pages, you know, that Hawkeye and Mockingbird were 
at one point married, and of course now that she's back, they're still divorced, but they have the kind of internal monologue that sets up that even though they're divorcees, they're kind of dating, and it's funny, I, I guess, you know, in some ways it reminds me of, of what they're doing over on the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. TV series, only with the character and and that British guy that's supposed to be her ex-husband, you know, that, yeah. that they, they had a relationship, it was very passionate and fiery, but, you know, they knew they weren't good together, so they got a divorce, but then anytime you stick them in a room together, they're kind of hard-pressed not to start kind of flirting with each other and, and, and impressing each other, fr- and yeah, exactly. You can thank me later. Thank you? What the hell were you thinking? What was I thinking? I just saved your life. You don't think I knew that guy was behind me? This? This is just you peacocking. He made you, and he was going to kill you, and sweetheart, nobody uses the word peacocking. Are you even listening to yourself right now? Oh, wait, of course you are. You love the sound of your because own voice. Because it's reasonable. One of us has to be. This is what makes you so aggravating to be Pen's with. Pen's not with me anymore. Lucky us. <laughs> I was going to say, like, I hate to use this term, but, like, to the extent that I, like, ship anyone, I ship Hawkeye and Mockingbird. So, like, yeah. Well, well, you gotta remember, like, I, I won't go into it too much because we are talking about the current series, but, like, in West Coast Avengers, um, <clears throat> like, that was really one of the heart, like, like the like heart of the book was, like, uh, Clint and Bobby, like, their relationship in, like, the first, like, God, 30 or 40 issues, you know, 50 issues. And that was, like, really, like, important because in the regular Avengers book, every once in a while Steve would, like, get a new girlfriend and, like, you know, like, Diamondback or whatever. But it was never the focus of the book. Like, Clint and Bobby's relationship was actually very much the focus of West Coast Avengers in a lot of stories. Yeah, well, I mean, that and what the two Hawkeye miniseries or what, you know, the original miniseries, that's what kind of developed that relationship, you know, for for readers that were reading around the time that you and I were, right, Tony? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, the first, and then, then, the first Top Guy series was pretty much about how him and Mockingbird hooked up. <laughs> and then the the 90s Hawkeye miniseries was all about him dealing with her death. That Ooh. was his, like, grim and gritty period <laughs> where he had all stubble. Okay. And he was, like, hanging out in the jungle with some, like, ape boy or something. It was, like, did, a genetic uh... experiment. Did fall from grace, Daredevil or whatever, like one of those, the 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 Daredevil with the armor make a cameo appearance. He's like, Clint, Clint Barton's dead. You gotta bury him, bury yeah. him in the ground, cause he's dead. There was a there was a time I forgot what they 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 called themselves, but uh, it was, there was a time like I think right before like Force Works, where, where like Hawkeye, U.S. Agent, and War Machine all hung out together, and they were like. You know, they, they were they they called themselves like I forgot what they called themselves, but they actually had like a little team name. But it, like it was all like the grim and gritty patrol or whatever, and like we're all like it was like we all have stubble and we're all like like gritting our teeth so hard you can see the veins in our necks and whatever. But well, uh, yeah, that was the bad thing about Force Works. They pretty much just dropped Hawkeye like all together. He was busy, Tony. He was busy hanging out in the jungle with, like, some ape boy or something. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, speaking of, of facial hair, I, I thought it was kind of odd. I don't know. I don't know if anybody else had this reaction, but this is probably the most recent time I've seen Dominic Fortune in a long time. And I was kind of like, why has he got a mustache? Like, what's up with that? And then, um, and, and, and like, I, the more I was reading the book, you know, the more I saw scenes with, with like flamethrowers and the way he's kind of, you know, set up as a competitor for the affections of Bobby with Clint. 
you know, that that it kind of reminded me a bit of uh, the comedian from Watchmen, you know, like that they were trying to go a little bit for that because they gave him that kind of that kind of comedian esque look with the the mustache and the whole, you know, devil may care type thing. Yeah. And I was kind of like I was kind of like, oh, that's I mean, I, I, I don't hate it or anything. I just figure, oh, I guess that's that's quote unquote heroic age, Dominic Fortune or whatever. But, uh, yeah, this, you know, this is I, your father is Dominic Fortune. I, I just always pictured him more like, you know, kind of a regular Howard Chaikin type drawing, you know, that that Chaikin face without the stash. But, you know, yeah, I guess one thing I'll bring up is like Derek mentioned uh, in the blurb that uh, the, the original Ghost Rider. And if you're like saying Ghost Rider, what the hell does he have to do with uh, Hawkeye and Mockingbird? His spirit uh, comes back. And that was actually a big story in the West Coast Avengers. And I thought that was a really cool tie-in. They didn't have to do that, and I thought that was really cool. Well, it seems like it seems like that's a hanging point. I mean, I guess lest we lest we confuse any of our listeners, the Ghost Rider was later retconned to be the Phantom Rider, as to not cause some kind of confusion, I suppose. So the you know I, I know the original series it's a you know a character that is an old West character that basically he was like a school teacher. And then he would put on this outfit and this phosphorus paint at night and and uh, and go scare, you know, basically bad guys into thinking he was a ghost. And then I guess some point along the way, he, he the Phantom Rider literally like, you know, did become a ghost because uh, in West Coast Avengers, uh, you know, Mockingbird killed him after he. I guess basically, I, I, you know, he took advantage of her. He made her think that she was in love with him. And, you know, these days, words like rape are used, you know, or you're like, you raped me. I, I don't think she was, like, kicking and screaming or anything. I think she was just drugged and, and was not yeah. was, was not in complete control of her actions, you know. She, so. was, she was definitely violated, but I don't think she was raped. It was like, it was consensual, but she wasn't aware of what she was doing. I, I don't know. I guess you'd have people, you know, yell and scream one way or the it other. Make it any I'm, not, I'm, I'm not going to make it a judgment, but basically she, she was violated enough to the point where she felt the need to enact vengeance against him. She murdered him. And then that's basically what sort of caused the wedge between Hawkeye and Mockingbird. And, and in this series, the, you know, not only do you have the Phantom Rider who's part of the 50 state initiative that's running around, you know, fighting crime with other superheroes. But I guess you've got her, um, his ancestor who is a curator at the museum and she is possessed by his spirit. So in some way he's also violating like his own great, great, you know, grandchild, I guess, you know, because he's sort of using her body to enact his vengeance once more against Mockingbird. As I like to call her Jai Aimee. Jai Aimee. Okay. Yeah. Just weird ways of spelling. I can't help it. But but I guess we we should also point out my other favorite character who shows up in the series because he is the best villain ever made. Just amazing. Just amazing. Right on there with Thanos and Doctor Doom and God, just Kang the Conqueror. You guys need to move aside because we also get Crossfire in this series. <laughs> crossfire! Crossfire! Because his name is William Cross. Get it? Yeah. He took at he least 20 be. minutes to think well, about that. He's he's basically like uh, an opponent for Hawkeye. He he doesn't also use arrows. He's not like trick shot, but he is kind of like you know the bullseye dead shot archetype. He is a sharpshooter who 
you know, is, is, I think I would say before this point, he was portrayed as like an assassin for hire, but now he's trying to sort of branch out and become a big boss guy himself, sort of. I, I'd say that's a pretty fair assessment of his goals in this series. Yeah, before this, before this, it was like Green Arrow versus Deadshot. Now he's trying to be something bigger. It's like now Deadshot's trying to maybe take a, take a spot from Mr. Negative or, you know, the Kingpin or somebody, try to be, you know, in charge of his own little syndicate so he doesn't have to take all these little side jobs or whatever. You should have stayed out of this, heroes. You have no idea who I am. I, I will say this, even though I, I, I pick on Crossfire a lot, it, it's mainly because of the original 80s series. He was portrayed as rather aloof and very, you know, like, you know, you're not intelligent, Hawkeye. I'm so smart. But, like, in this one, <laughs> he, they did a much better job. He has the best defeat of any villain ever in that first Hawkeye miniseries. <laughs> yeah. It's like, like all a, you do is shoot arrows. I will shoot you with your own arrow to enact poetic vengeance. Uh, 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 whip. And he, like, shoots the arrow, like, not even a foot. And, like, Hawkeye's like, and it's an explosive arrow, so it blows up in his face. <laughs> yeah. That's that's one of my favorite bits from that original series, but I I like like it seemed like Jim McCann was trying to like oh it seemed like in this and then like in the next like one of the follow up miniseries that he wrote a uh, Hawkeye Blind Spot like he was trying to give like Hawkeye sort of an arch nemesis I guess and like you know Crossfire kind of fits the bill like you know they're both marksmen but you know Hawkeye uses arrows and he uses guns and. You know, in Blind Spot, like, uh, he brings back, like, Barney Barton, like, Hawkeye's brother, and makes him, like, the new trick shot. So it it really seemed like Jim McCann, like, wanted to give Hawkeye, like, a sort of arch nemesis. So, Well, they, they certainly went in that sort of personal direction with Crossfire, where the, the people he's attacking are either, you know, Mockingbird's family, and by extension, you know, it makes it a very personal thing for for Hawkeye, because, you know, he's going after, you know, the the family of the woman he loves, essentially, you know. Yeah, yeah, spoilers, he, like, yeah, goes after Mockingbird's mom, so. I, I was just going to ask, I, I'm curious, I, I know Justin isn't around, but I, I just thought I'd bring this up. Since it was a heroic age title, and it was sort of pimping that new status quo, we do have a scene where, you know, Hawkeye catches up with, Steve Rogers, super soldier, because at the time he wasn't Captain America. He was, you know, wielding his his hard life shield or whatever you want to call it. And, you know, they're kind of establishing that, you know, oh, you know, I, every book at the time had to have that scene where it's like, hey, hey, guys, by the way, Steve Rogers, top cop, like he's in charge of everything. Like he's he's the man. He's like the new director of shield and everything or whatever. You know, basically they had to pimp that new status quo. And, and they're having this kind of training session. But what's interesting is, you know, they're talking about, you know, getting the upper hand on someone and cheating and all that kind of stuff. And before you know it, he Hawkeye is assaulted in the back by the real Captain America shield, not the hard light version. And it is, you know, Justin's favorite Bucky. It's Bucky Cap at the time, who was the current Captain America in the time frame of this miniseries. Um, and then, you know, of course, Hawkeye has that moment because it's like, wait a minute, this is my book. And he, like, shakes his hand and does some kind of electric thing and flips him over and everything. And Bucky Cap has, like, that grumpy look on his face, like, God damn it, I'm still going to be banging Black Widow, so take that, <laughs> you know, or whatever. And, um, yeah, I, I was just curious, like, what your guys' take on that scene was. 
Um, I wasn't too butthurt about it because, like, they kind of established, you know, after the Winter Soldier, when Bucky became Cap, he was still kind of on a learning curve. Because, I mean, he's going to be Captain America. That's that's some big-ass shoes to fill. So him getting taken down by Clint, you know, with some subterfuge and stuff like that, didn't hurt my feelings. I was just like, you know, like, you know, Clint would probably do that kind of shit, you know? Well, I mean, I just figured, I figured it's Hawkeye's book, so he, he gets to yeah. have the last word. I mean, I don't, I don't have much of a problem with it, but I just thought it was an interesting thing to bring up. Like, I was just curious if, you know, what people's particular take on that scene was. Like, did you think it was overkill selling the status quo or overkill trying to, you know, maybe set up like, I'm Hawkeye and this is my book, get the fuck out, you know, type thing. Or it's just like, uh, whatever, it's just a scene. I think it was kind of like the Green Lantern punching Batman. It was like, Hawkeye's back. We need to let people know that Hawkeye is like, you know, a player in the universe. So let him take down the new cap, you know, let people know that Hawkeye is not a joke. Yeah. I mean, like, Makan also kind of set up, like, in the, the there was a miniseries previous to this called uh, New Avengers The Reunion where it was, like, Mockingbird and Ronin, like, palling around, and uh, it was, like, right after Secret Invasion, so, like, Mockingbird had just, like, come back from being a Skrull or whatever. But uh, there was a couple scenes between Clint and, like, Bucky and that, too, and, like, I I think, like, Jim McCann was kind of going for, like, a sort of, like, oh, they're both kind of, like, Cap's protégés or whatever, so it seems like they're they're kind of rivals. yeah. So, like, yeah, they, they both kind of have, like, yeah, so I guess that was sort of a continuation of that. So, like, I didn't I, I didn't have a huge problem with it, but I do, like, yeah, like, I like that, like, sourpuss look that, like, Bucky gives him, like, when Steve helps him up, like, you know. Like, yeah. But, <laughs> I imagine, yeah. I imagine that would make Justin kind of go, aww, you know. Well, I've always, I've always taken Hawkeye as, like, you know, as far as a character. Obviously, he started as a villain. And, you know, when he joined the Avengers and he became a good guy and stuff like that, you know, Cap really did take him under his wing. Whereas, like, you know, Tony, he was like, they were like contemporaries. They were like both good guys and stuff like that. So I think there is like a, a very, really cool bond between Steve and Clint. You know, it's kind of like, you know, this is the guy who, like, didn't give me shit when I joined the Avengers. He's like the guy who actually got my back and, like, trained me stuff. So I think maybe Bucky would be jealous of that if they ever explore that. Did they explore that in the other series, Mike? Not really. I'd like, I think Bucky was like trying to be pals with him in that original, like the reunion miniseries. But and Clint was like kind of giving him a hard time. But like, yeah, you know, it, it was eventually they kind of like come to an understanding. But I guess you know, still there's some friction. Yeah, yeah, because Clint's definitely like he can definitely hit that asshole mode really quick. <laughs> like I think he brings up like in. Uh, in that Fallen Sun miniseries, like, right after Cap got killed, like, there's that one issue, I think it's, like, written by Jeff Loeb, where uh, uh, Tony offers, like, Clint the job of the new Captain America, and, like, like Clint wears the costume for, like, one night, and then he's like, you know what, this isn't for me, and then he, like, runs off again. But, uh, uh, like, he, he can't resist bringing that up to Bucky at one point, where he's like, you know, you know, I was going to be, like, the new Cap before you were, so, tune ya. It was going to be red, white, and pur- purple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I, I don't know that I particularly have too much interest in the supporting cast, but I, I figure it's worth bringing up that, we, you know, we had briefly touched on it. It's the WCA, the World, what is it, World Counter Terror Agency, that, that yeah. is supposed to be a cleverly disguised nod to the West Coast Avengers, I suppose. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, so you've got, it, it's basically, it's, it's kind of a lot like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in a way. It's all these kind of lame uninteresting characters that do techno stuff for the, the main characters or whatever. It's like, you've got, you've got I guess, the, the woman called London who designs all their, like, secret agent tech stuff. And then there's the guy Twitch who's, like, all nervous, but he's, like, the hacker. And then, what's the You're agent? Kind of- you're gonna say my favorite one, like bangs. Yeah, bangs. Bang. Who, what? She's like the Asian demolition expert. I mean, it sounds like a fucking bad Quentin Tarantino movie, but you know, <laughs> there you go. It's like they 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 have all these supporting cast members, and I, I mean, they I wouldn't they, I wouldn't I wouldn't so much call them uninteresting as like really really like cliche and like stereotype yeah, almost. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, I it's mean, like no two no two guys are alike. Like here's the crazy guy, and here's the Asian chick, and here's the old woman, and they all have weird, quirky character quirks. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that's because like she picked the wrong name because she could like walk into a room and just be like, "Just going to let you guys know, I'm going to bang all of you." <laughs> I thought she was called bangs because she had bangs in her hair, not because she blew shit up, Tony. That's what I was going with. I, I thought it was because she had bangs, but I, I guys, think it's a guys, guys, it can be both of them. It can be yeah, both of them. If she if she sets off more than one bomb, bangs. Yeah. Well, yeah, like I said, when she walked into a room and said, "I'm going to bang all you guys," in her head, she's like, "I'm going to blow you all up," and like they're all like, "What?" <laughs> or she could come in a room and tell me bangs, and we're going to have multiple stages of intercourse. <laughs> and there's like one guy in the background is like she's gonna give me bangs awesome <laughs> more than one um so it's like I, I like i just like how they all have like nicknames but it's like you know here's twitchy london like bangs and then there's like one like there's like one other guy and it's like and joe like, <laughs> like he's like the janitor or something come on steve you know <laughs> he cleans up after you know after Dominic Fortune, like, you know, I don't know, has his way with some poor girl on the pool table or whatever, you know. When he does but, his porn uh, thing, yeah. Um, I'm I'm just kind of curious, like, besides the, the supporting characters, I, there there is something I want to bring up, and I don't want to be, like, Mr. Plothole Guy or whatever, but this is just something, I, and I think Mike may or may not appreciate this. I find it kind of interesting, because usually Mike's the guy who says he's not into all the super spy secret agent stuff. And yet here Hawkeye is kind of almost thrown into a world where he's becoming a super spy instead of an Avenger. And that, that kind of creates some of the conflict in, in the course of the series. Um, But I guess one of the things I thought that stood out to me is, you know, they have this revelation that we mentioned how, you know, Mockingbird's mom comes back into the picture and what you find out in the course of the series is that at some point, Bobby Morse, probably after the Kazar stuff, or maybe a little bit before it, like she she supposedly died, and she just let her mother and brother think that she was dead. So there's this flashback where we see that, you know, she's watching 
with Nick Fury from the shadows, and they're delivering the American flag, you know, to the mother, and she's breaking down crying, and at that point, you know, she's like, I'm going off the grid, Bobby Morse is dead, my name's Mockingbird now, and all I could think of is like, but you went by the name Bobby for like umpty ump years, like, I, I, it's like that Dick Grayson secret agent thing. Like, I don't get it. Like you're, it's like, I'm a secret agent. I'm totally secret. That Derek guy from the fan holes podcast. He's dead. Hey, what's up? I'm Derek. I'm a secret agent. You know? And you're just like, well, wait a minute. You're still, you're still you. Like, it's not like you, I mean, it doesn't matter what papers you destroy. If you keep going by your old name, right? Like you'd think maybe show up on TV with the Avengers or whatever. Well, I mean, if you're going to introduce that level of retcon, maybe you should have said something like her name was like Margaret, you know, Lewis or something. And then she changed her, you know, her, her, you know, that's her real name, but, you know, Margaret's dead. Now I'm Bobby and Mockingbird, and that's the end of it or whatever. But it, it I, I mean, like well, the old Batman comics were like, you know, at least Bruce would like try to like fool people into thinking that all the different Robins were the same Robin, you know? Yeah. I Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm just kind of curious. Like, I mean, am, am I am I being a meanie to that element of the miniseries, Mike? Like, what's your take on the whole spy angle of it and, and even this kind of, you know, secret revelation in terms of Mockingbird being being I, the shipper that you are for Mockingbird. I guess it, it didn't, like, the spy element of it did not bother me in this series, mostly because, I guess, like, the art is so colorful, and they were fighting supervillains, so, I mean, it wasn't like, I don't know, it didn't seem to have the trappings of, like, something like, like Ed Brubaker would write. Or it's, like, not like, it's not like Alexander Lucan sitting there, like, chuckling with a glass of cognac or whatever. Yeah, like, exactly. Come on, man, yeah. get me some Crossfire, you know? It was still, like, colorful, and, like, they were on, like, adventures, and, like, they weren't, like, trying to, like, you know, even even when they, they when her, when Mockingbird and, like, Hawkeye and Fortune, like, like infiltrate, like, Crossfire's, like, like, headquarters or whatever, it's like, they're fighting robots, I mean... It, it wasn't really, like, you know, it didn't seem like, I don't know, the stuff that usually kind of puts me to sleep, like, basically. It seemed more like an adventure than, like, a, you know, a, it was, a spy it was like, mission. It was more like Steranko Shield, where, like, they were fighting, like, crazy threats instead of, like, you know... It was more, sci- uh, more sci-fi bent, I guess. Yeah, but, well, um, I mean, you, I you really do. You've got Crossfire, who teams up with the Phantom Rider, and it's like, okay, so you got a ghost with a super sharpshooter assassin in a, you know, garishly red costume. I mean, so it's not it's not quite all cloak and daggers, you know. There is, know, there is as, that aspect of superheroism to it. As, as yeah, for the yeah. Mockingbird thing, like, uh, it occurred to me, too, like, where I was like, well, wait a minute, you were an Avenger. Like, there's no way, like, no one would, like, recognize you or anything, but... Like I guess I didn't think about it that much. Like I, I just, I guess I just kind of figured, okay, well maybe like you know, she just like, like every scene where like, she could have been seen on TV or like seen in the public eye or whatever, she would just like whoop and exit stage left, like whatever. Like she, she, yeah, she, 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 she hid in plain sight or whatever. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, okay. I, I get what you're saying. No, no, no. I, I, I mean, yeah, think- I, I enjoyed this series a lot. I mean, it's it's well written. It's it, to me, it's not written for the trade. I mean, it's not one of these Bendis issues that you can read in a minute and then and then you're already done with it. You know, I had to sit down and I spent a good couple hours reading the six issues. There's lots of 
you know, well-written development between Hawkeye and Mockingbird, even though a lot of it's being driven by, like, other star writers like Bendis in the background, but they make it seem pretty believable. You know, it, it's believable that, that Clint would get kind of grumpy because Dominic Fortune is always hitting on Mockingbird. It's, you know, it's believable that the Phantom Rider showing up would create tension in an otherwise you know, blissful reunion. But at the same time, you know, like Tony likes to say, this is, you know, a podcast and we like to nitpick shit. So I'm, I'm just kind of bringing up things that I noticed about Mockingbird that I, I thought of as kind of like plot holes or like just made me scratch my head. Like, for instance, you know, there there is this line that the Phantom Rider has in terms of Mockingbird and, it, it, you know, it's kind of like what we were joking about where, like, the scroll was really dedicated because the scroll is, like, still disguised as Mockingbird in hell. And it's like he has this line where he's like, basically, oh, well, now that now that you've returned, you know, now that, that I, you're on this plane again or I'm on the plane again and I can torment you or whatever, you know, and it, it just kind of made me think, like, I'm like, do, do ghosts give a shit about scroll abductions? Like, couldn't couldn't a ghost like couldn't a ghost have tormented her while she was on like the scroll homeworld? Like, if he really hated her guts, like, why wait until she's back on Earth? You know, like, I I don't know. Like, I know I know that's like an asshole thing, but it's like that that's kind of what I thought of. Where I was like, why why aren't you tormenting her? I mean, you know, I'm like, are, is you know, I guess you could argue maybe like a supernatural thing where it's like, oh, you know, the Phantom Rider is is uh, you know tied to certain you know certain physical elements on the planet earth or whatever and if that's I, I think like i could buy it but you know i think they do kind of address that where the phantom rider says something like oh like the happiness you two like have rediscovered that's what like drew oh, that's, me that's back kind of what drew them out I mean, yeah, I guess, like that, I guess their reunion is, or whatever. I, I, I guess there is that urn too from the museum too so you could say that maybe physically He's also tied to that urn in some way too, right? So yeah, but I, I, I was like, I wasn't grumpy about how Lincoln Slade was portrayed because I mean, you know, heroic age. He's like kind of a different character now, kind of like you're saying with Dominic Fortune. But like in the old uh, West Coast Avengers arc, he was definitely bent. He like you know he he went off the rails. But his whole thing was he wanted Bobby to love him. You know, he was just like, I want this woman, you know, in my life and so much. And, like, you know, it kind of made him sympathetic in a way. And that's why when she killed him, you're like, I don't know if that was good. You know, like, beat the shit out of him, you know, send him to jail, definitely. But, like, you just let him die. And in this one, he's definitely a lot more callous and more evil and more, like, you know, you know, vengeful. Which, I mean, you could say that's character growth. You know, he's more of a villain. But at the same time, I was kind of like, he wasn't. Like just straight up evil back in the old days, you know. But I mean, well, you, you know, know. And they they also had to address other interesting aspects of the characters that had changed, or at least things that had been done with the characters, because you know they they do make a point of addressing, you know, how you know Hawkeye went to town killing scrolls, you know, in in Secret Invasion, and and they also make the point of how he wanted to basically you know, take out Norman Osborn as well. And you guys know me. I don't really have any problem with it either way. You know, I'm like, good, kill fucking Norman Osborn and kill all those scroll fuckers. I don't give a shit. <laughs> but, you know, it, it, it's interesting because back in the West Coast Avengers days, it was like this, like, oh, my God, Avengers don't kill. Whoa! You know, and, and it was this big 
dramatic thing that basically broke apart their marriage, you know? So, so it, I mean, and, and it does, it does come up again, but even Hawkeye has to acknowledge in the series, he's like, look, I'm not quite the same guy I was back then, but at the same time, Tony, like you're saying, there is that aspect of, you know, when, when Mockingbird kind of gets angry once they, they shoot her mom and she's in the hospital, you know, at that point, she's not really holding back. And there's that scene where, you know, Hawkeye kind of yeah. stops her from knifing the one guy. And he's kind of like, I can't read you anymore. You know, God damn it. You know, and, uh, you know, there there is that. Um, I, I guess I'll, I'll make a sort of multi analogy comparison. But Bobby Morse is a lot like the character Spy Smasher in Birds of Prey, who was greatly influenced by Jack Bauer on 24, you know, so there is that aspect to where, you know, there's the character who gets things done no matter what. And, and Bobby has a lot of those aspects to her, you know, and that, that's why she's, that's why she's at home working with a guy like Dominic fortune. And like I said to you guys, you know, I don't give a shit about this stuff. I don't got no problems with Dominic fortune, but you know, Hawkeye, probably does, you know, like, like he, he probably has some questions, you know, he's got some kind of like, Hey, wait a minute there. Like he's not always on the up and up, you know? So. Yeah. And, and the thing that is like, you know, is like when you take a character like Mockingbird, who's been out of the loop for a long time, I could definitely see where the writer was wanting to establish her as a more like concrete personality. Cause I hate to say this cause I do like Mockingbird, especially in the West coast Avengers. But beyond, like, that Phantom Rider arc, a lot of the time she was kind of written as, like, you know, I'm Clint's wife, yay, you know? Well, and, I mean, even yeah. before even before that, I mean, she was created to be Kazar's girlfriend until Shauna showed up, right? So, yep. I mean, that's, that, that's how she started, for sure. I mean, you know, obviously there's been a lot of evolution and stuff, and that, that's something that, that, you know, Makan obviously, you know, is, is adding on to the mythos and everything. Yeah, so I mean, like, yeah, like I said, it, it doesn't butt hurt me that, like, you know, like I said, when I was talking about, uh, you know, uh, Lincoln Slade, but I understand why, what they were going for. They had to make him more of a villain, especially for this. Just like I said, they made Crossfire more capable, more, you know, of a badass, which, you know, I mean, he wasn't super badass, but he was a lot more competent than, like, I can't fire arrows. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, the the fight between them gets pretty vicious. I mean, there's there's lots yeah, of yeah. blood and, and, and guts and all this kind of stuff going on. I mean, there's, you know, it does it does get rather personal. So if, if McCann's goal was to make the the villainy, you know, make make the rivalry between Hawkeye and Crossfire more personal on, on an emotional level and a physical level, I mean, he definitely succeeded because when – you know, I mean, spoilers, like, they win and everything, and Crossfire goes to fucking jail or whatever, but, you know, when they when they have that confrontation in, in uh, what is it, like, the Luke Cage's little Thunderbolts vault or whatever, you know, where he's got all his cannon fodder lined up, ready to yeah, go yeah, out. Yeah, Clint almost kills him, yeah. Well, yeah, and, and there's that, that moment where, you know, he's kind of giggling at him behind the, the glass door, you know, and, and, and you're like, oh, he pulled out his, his cybernetic eyeball, and he he cut him up with his little razor ring type 
arrows and everything. So, I mean, it's like, you know, sometimes, you know, there's things where you're like, oh, there, there are, you know, it's cliche, but I guess there are fates that are worse than death. And, you know, he definitely did a number to him before he, he hauled him away to jail. It wasn't like, you here, have some Hostess Twinkies. Now you're going to jail. He's like, no, <laughs> here, I'm going to fucking poke your goddamn eye out and fuck you up, and then you can go to jail. Well, an arrow through Loki's eye socket. I sleep better, I suppose. I am, I am glad, like, McCann addressed, like, all that, like, Bendis stuff where, like, Hawkeye is like, we gotta kill Norman Osborn, like, right now, like, despite the fact that I've never been written like this before, like, let's go kill him, like, so, like, I, I, I kind of appreciated that, like, McCann kind of, like, s- massaged that more. Into <laughs> smooth, content. He tried to yeah. smooth that over. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, or or in the, like pretty much Clint kind of gets over it more or less, where he's like, okay, you know what, you know, now that she's back, I'm thinking clearer, and you know, it's like even though she she probably falls on that side like more, like it's kind of a balance almost. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, you gotta remember though, like especially like in the '90s and early 2000s, like characters who don't kill suddenly became very uncool. You know, if you don't kill, you're not a superhero. So, you know, I, I think it's cool that they referenced that. I think what, what I like about it is in the, the dialogue, and it's illustrated by the moment with him and Cap, or I guess I should say him and Steve Rogers, is there, there's a moment early on in, in the series where Dominic Fortune refers to Hawkeye as a Boy Scout. And, you know, comparatively, you know, yeah, Hawkeye's the Boy Scout in that scenario. But, you know, they're kind of reminiscent about the good old days, you know, and, and in the historical thing, they kind of give you the background. You know, in Avengers, you know, Hawkeye was that guy. You know, he was the that guy. He was the Wolverine in the kooky quartet going, God damn it, Cap, I should be leading this team. Like, you're an old fuddy-duddy. Like, let me lead. And, you know, eventually, you know, they, they sort of spell it out in the historical you know, backdrop there, but, you know, eventually he learns the error of his ways, him and Cap become good buddies, and he respects and admires him and tries to live up to his ideals, and in the conversation they have, it's it's this nice thing of, oh, so he called you a Boy Scout, did he? Like, I, I remember being called a Boy Scout, too, once, not too long ago, you know, and, and, and it's kind of like this, <laughs> yeah. this funny kind of like, oh, yeah, now now you know what it feels like, right? Like like when you get accused of, of being a Boy Scout, even though you're you're trying to still fight the good fight and, and take care of business and all this other stuff. So it's, it's, it's an interesting layer of perspective that maybe, you know, other writers wouldn't have the time to go into. Yeah. I, I was going to bring up one thing Mike uh, mentioned earlier, cause I know we're getting ready to probably wrap up soon, but like, I was not familiar with this artist before I read this art. The art really is good. And the coloring is great. I mean, this is, this is like, if Crossfire looked like this, even with his loud ass red suit in the eighties, I would have taken it more seriously. This was really good art. Yeah, I really enjoyed the art. Yeah, very kinetic. I really, like, I express, like, like, I love art that really, like, you know, where you, it's one image, but you get the sense of motion, basically. Like, a lot of, like, Mockingbirds, like, acrobatics and stuff. And, like, scenes like, a, like that scene where she, where Dominic Fortune and Hawkeye are arguing, and she puts her staff in between them and extends it to separate them. Like, I was like, oh, man, that's, like, a great idea. And, like, you, like, as a writer, like, like, writing that in text, like, must be really difficult for an artist to, like, 
you know, convey it, basically. And I think he did a good job of conveying stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I, I really like the redesigns, too. I like Hawkeye's outfit. I like Mockingbird's outfit. One, one of my Marvel Legends wish list figures is a Mockingbird based on this design with, like, some that, battle yeah, staves cool. and maybe some, like, Desert Eagles or whatever, but... And like yeah, hopefully yeah. like now now that she like we mentioned it before but now that she's like a may a regular cast member on a TV show like I, I'm hoping this gives her like some increased profile or whatever yeah, you know yeah you never know and 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 you know ironically I guess the the Hawkeye Marvel Legends that was just released is the this costume from the Heroic Age too so you know it'd be nice to have yeah. a Mockingbird to go with them. Yeah, a lot of yeah. people uh, always clamor and bitch about like how there's not any strong female comic characters, and I'm like, honestly, as far as I go, especially with the series, I'm like, Mockingbird is pretty much up there with Black Widow as far as the comics. Like, she totally deserves more credit than she gets. Yeah, like like you said, Tony. Like she like definitely like she she received a personality like overhaul like it went, when she came back and, and especially in this series where and i think dominic fortune sums it up like uh the best where he's like nothing hotter than a take charge woman like 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 you said tony it was kind of like uh like but back in the old days she was just kind of like yeah like i'm clint's wife yay <laughs> whatever yay! yeah yeah like it I like the emphasis on her, like, spy background and, like, the fact that she's, like, a professional and all that, and, you know. Yeah, th- th- this series really came off as Hawking, uh, Hawkeye and Mockingbird. It didn't come off as Hawkeye with Mockingbird. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. She she was just as much of a protagonist as Hawkeye. Uh, you know, I, I think they were they were equally handled and, and, and both handled very well. The, yeah, the definitely. one last thing I want to say, which makes this series awesome, and I don't know if you guys noticed it or not. I, I, I don't know if you guys are reading the single issues or whatever, but I have a letter printed in like issue number two, I think. Oh, sweet! Like, oh, nice. Yeah, it's like I, I wrote, I wrote in after issue one, and I, I was, I, as always, like I ask everyone who like writes a Hawkeye series, where I'm like, oh, I loved issue one, like. Are you gonna have any Thunderbolts references and stuff? And, <laughs> and and I think I'm pretty sure like Jim McCann or or whoever answered the letters page, like the editor, I think uh, she 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 he or she said like they didn't give me a bullshit Matt Fraction answer where he went on some tangent about like well that's too continuity heavy or whatever and like, I think they said no plans yet but there might be eventually you know like well I, I guess I guess in that little <laughs> historical write up I, I thought it was funny there was that one bit where there I, I I think I keyed in on it because Hawkeye describes Moonstone as semi evil. And I was kind of like, yeah. I'm like, semi? Like, yeah. I'm like, all right, I know you're getting the poon, but come on, semi? Like, <laughs> you're, you're just saying that because like, she's, she's, yeah. she's pretty full on evil. Like, I mean, there was there was a point in Thunderbolts where she could have been like a good guy, but I think she's since Dark Avengers, she's kind of flipped completely. Yeah, to yeah. Be, I was yeah, just like, totally, I, I think, yeah, I think now irredeemable. She's, she's, past, so. she's past that point, you know. Yeah, he was just all about the whole, like, you know, look, I can make my clothes just destroy themselves and go away. <laughs> that must have been handy, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was just like, I, I just thought it would have been, like, a, it was nice that, like, he, he pals around with, like, Luke Cage briefly at the end of this series. And, like, I think Cap kind of compared, like, I know you did the Thunderbolts thing, like, 
for a while, but like I, it would have been like I don't think ever since he's come back from the dead, he's even talked to like Songbird or mm-hmm. like Mach Five or any of those guys. So yeah. I, I was kind of like, I think he he I know he 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 met up with Moonstone very briefly in like Dark Avengers, I think when he was on his like must kill Norman Osborn like <laughs> tangent or whatever, and I, I think like. She ran into him on in the tower or whatever, and he was like, hey, Carla, like, looking good. And she's like, yeah, I know, you too. And he was like, well, I'm off to kill your boss. You want to help? And she's like, I'm sorry, Clint, I can't. Like, there are security cameras watching. And then she tried to kill him and stuff, so. Huh. But. <laughs> no naked time for you. <laughs> so so not to, not to throw in one more little nitpicky thing before we, before we wrap up, but this is something I wanted to bring up, too. Now, they, although they do a great job of setting up most of the history, I think if you weren't reading Dan Slott's Mighty Avengers, one of the sort of climactic ace in the holes in issue four might fly over your head. I was curious because I don't think Tony's read Mighty Avengers. Like, I have did, not. No. Did 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 the teleporting door like give you pause, or or was that fine for you? I was kind of like uh, I just went. Uh, do as Machina. I was like, okay, they're okay. just good. That, I mean, yeah. I, that's basically what it is, but it's like, in, in Mighty Avengers, like, he has this whole infinite mansion, so instead of it being just a, you know, a size-changing thing with Pym particles, it's almost like, you know, Pym has infinite storage space and oh, infinite okay. teleportation. You know, basically, it's like, oh, there's some trouble in, in Latveria? Okay, send a door there, and we'll all, you know, run through it and, and help out or whatever. Like, that, that was the basic notion of those infinite doors. But I, all I could think of was if you were going to do that, maybe it would have been good to have a yellow jacket, Hank Pym, or what, what was he going by? The wasp? Like, yeah, he was the wasp. Yeah, maybe, maybe it would have been better to have wasp Hank Pym in that opening scene with him and, and Steve Rogers, you know, like set up like, Hey, guess who I just ported in to, to throw a shield at your back. It was Bucky Cap, you know. Oh, like, where'd you guys come from? You know, the door, the infinite door. So, like, people aren't going to be, like, totally like, what? When when we use it later on. But that that was my, like, one, you know, it, kind of like a hindsight 2020 suggestion type thing. Well, well as you know, Derek, I'm, I'm an 80s comic book reader. So, like, I know Hank Pym makes shit out of his ass, like, all the time. So, like, when it happened, I was just like, that's just Hank Pym being Hank Pym. <laughs> shit out of his ass. Yep. Shit out of his ass. When he's not busy smacking bitches, he's making shit out of his ass. That's, that's <laughs> what we know about Hank Pym. But you know the really good thing about that is? Is that the narrative was told so well in these six issues, small little things like that did not make me grumpy at all. It was just like, okay, that happened, whatever. Okay. You know, so that, that that's a good story, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I really enjoyed this series um, um I was very sad to learn that well it wasn't it was was it wasn't ca- so much canceled as it it was sort that time place. where they wouldn't they wouldn't like cancel books but they would like be like oh it's going into a crossover with black widow and then after that it's never coming back and it's like on an infinite hiatus or whatever like yeah, yeah they yeah, it, seemed, it seemed like that just issue yeah. seemed like oh we're going to retool this as like hawkeye and black widow and then that's it you know 
I, I remember, like, at the time, I was really speculating that it was going to yeah, turn into, like, Hawkeye and Black Widow because, you know, they were going to be in the Avengers movie. So, you know, I, I thought, you know, they would just retool the book. But after they do, like, a four-issue crossover with Black Widow. Then, like, they do that. Then, like, a few months later, Jim McCon did that Hawkeye blind spot miniseries. And then, then he didn't have anything for, like, a year. And then it was, like, Matt Fraction's, like, Hawkeye series. So, okay. This would probably be my favorite, like, Hawkeye, like, ser- mini, whatever you want to call it, miniseries. Or, and I really wish it went on. And, well, I like Fraction series, but, like, like I said, if, if I, I, I like, Hawkeye and Mockingbird together better than like them apart. So, you know, that's basically yeah, what you, I if you, if you had your dithers and you could go to the, the fringe universe where this comic book kept being published, you'd, you'd want to check out those issues. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. As far as like my final thoughts, like when I said this hit me in the eighties, it really did. Cause we have crossfire. We have like West coast Avengers, like, you know, a little nod, like you said, the WCA Derek, and we have like, you know, the Phantom Rider, it was all this stuff I read when I was a kid, and when I picked it up, it was like, yes, it's good that they, like, you know, were able to skim it over it real quick and tell you what happened, and you could be a new reader and jump onto it. But as a loyal reader of those comics in the 80s, that just made it so much better. It was like, holy crap, I know all these guys. I know what the fuck is going on. And that, that's a really great thing for, yeah, you know, for for an old-time comic reader. So I really enjoyed that. Um, I agree with Mike. It should not have ended after six uh, issues. That was that was a shame, because this this is like... Is it my favorite comic book ever? No, but was it definitely a series that, you know, delivered the funds, you know, gave me, like, you know, something to, like, you know, read. After I got done with the first issue, I was like, I want to read the second one. I was like, oh, I want to read the third one. You know, it it kept me engrossed. I wanted to keep going. Yeah, it's engrossing. It's entertaining. I think it's safe to say we all enjoyed Mike's suggestion for this this first installment of Avengers Month. I just wanted to say one last thing. Uh, like, not only I, I okay. remembered what else I I know I said that was my final thought, but I had one more. Um, I like that the fact that like not only like coming out of this, like coming into the series, like Jim McCann is like massaging Bendis's like screw ups and stuff, but even like going in, out of it, he's like like preparing for future Bendis screw-ups where he, like, kind of establishes, like, Jessica Drew and Hawkeye, like, getting together or whatever, or, or like, start it, like, establishes them. Yeah, it, it was like, it was like, I, I, I was getting that, I was getting that glass of milk in the middle of the night in the refrigerator, I stared at those spider from her own boobs, and I knew I was in love. <laughs> yeah, the storyline iron already set to, like, heat and steam. <laughs> Is this a thing? Yeah, it's a thing now. <laughs> Not today, sweetheart. So, so yeah, we've all we all had a good time reading this series. It's a well-written series. We all recommend you check out the trade. Uh, we'll stick it down on the spindle for everybody to check out. And uh, doing our regularly scheduled thing at the end of this first installment of our Avengers Month series of podcasts, we're going to do our regularly scheduled What is Awesome in Your World this week. I'm going to go first real quick. Just wanted to say that I recently got a shipment of the latest Spider-Man Legends Wave from a company called Dorkside Toys. Um, It was really easy service to use. I pre-ordered them uh, a ways back. And kind of like my pet peeves, I mean, I don't know, this may bug some people, but they actually charged my PayPal account when I pre-ordered. And I kind of prefer that because then it's not like I have this 
outstanding charge of like a hundred something dollars waiting to like slam me by the time it gets released. So it was like, I had already sort of paid up and, and was all good and ready. And then all of a sudden, you know, waiting for me, you know, when I came home in the mail, were the new six figures, just quick thoughts is that, uh, you know, the Spider-Man, the Daredevil and the Spider-Man 2099 are pretty much the highlights of the series. Um, it was kind of hard to stick the Hobgoblin's head on because he was a Build-A-Figure or the, the Yurik Goblin, I guess we'll call him. So that was a little tough to get him. It, it's kind of like, I, I don't know if you guys ha- have seen this figure or know this figure, but you know the DCUC not Keloy figure? It's like, He's the underwater Green Lantern, and, like, his head is in a water bubble or something like that. So, yeah, it's kind of like it. Bob, the head kind of bobbles around in that, you know, I guess, you know, the, the goblin cloak, so it makes it hard to completely get fastened on his head right away or whatever. But, I mean, for the most part, I, I enjoy the wave. The only thing that kind of bugs is that I, th- I think the girl figures were kind of, I don't know, they, they don't have shoulder rotation in the arms, and they try to make up for it, like, like, by, I don't know. It's kind of like, oh, well, you can rotate them at the elbows. And I'm kind of like, but that's not, that, that, seems <laughs> a little, that seems a little chintzy. But overall, I mean, it was, it, it's a fun wave, so. I'm very jealous of you getting uh, Miguel O'Hara before me, so. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's pretty cool looking. I, I like him, so. You, you, you definitely uh, evened it out when I got Agent Venom first, so. <laughs> Um, okay, so th- so that's my quick awesome thing of the week. Uh, since Tony is already yelling at me for getting Miguel O'Hara, um, I'll ask him what his awesome thing of the week is. This is going to sound very strange and, I guess, esoteric, but um, one of my favorite shows on YouTube is JonTron. Uh, it's a guy who does video game reviews. He's incredibly funny, just ridiculous. And he's been on hiatus for about two months. He usually uh, does a big rush of episodes near the end of the year. And then he's gone for a little while. But he just released a new episode this week, Barbie Video Games. <laughs> and the guy is just, he's, he's ridiculous. He's just crazy funny. He's got a great sense of humor. Um, anybody who knows who JonTron is, you've probably seen the memes online. Like He's got like all these little forum weapons where he like makes jokes and stuff. The Barbie episode was hilarious. It, it like really made my week because like, it's been kind of a slow week. I haven't got any new toys. Shows have been kind of like, you know, like, I watched Flash and Arrow, and they were good and stuff, but, like, you know, I expected them to be. But this was something new, something new in my, like, subscription box, and I was like, hey, I want to watch JonTron. So that 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 made it kind of a good week this week. So nothing amazing, nothing flashy, but, yeah, JonTron, you guys should definitely check it out on YouTube or uh, go to normalboots.com. That's his uh, website. Cool, yeah, we'll we'll put that up on our cool sites list over on the fanholes page if anybody wants to check that out. Okay, and then moving on to Mike, man. What is your awesome thing of the week? I've been saving this one for this podcast, and uh, what do you call it? It is also Marvel Legends related, and it is Hawkeye related, but I wanted to thank you for, like, procuring for me an extra, like, Marvel Legends, like, Hawkeye, like the Heroic Age version that we mentioned. And, uh, you know, it'll probably be a while before I see him in stores around here, so... And you had an extra one, so you very, very helpfully sold him to me, and I'm, I, I really like him. He's a great mold, and uh, like he, he is on my shelf now with my, my favorite character shelf. So, uh, cool, cool. Thank, thank you very much for that. Yeah, yeah, no problem. 
And like I said, we just need like a mockingbird like legend to go with him. So, uh, yeah. no, Mike, you need a crossfire, <laughs> and or and or a crossfire. Yeah. I, I think a crossfire would be pretty easy reuse. I think it'd just be tough to sell it unless you like double stamped Avengers all over the package or whatever. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was in an Avengers book. It's <laughs> like, we swear, he's in Avengers. <laughs> Buy this. He was part of the Hood's mega hip-hop mega Masters hip-hop of Evil. Masters of Evil? Yeah, yeah, well, see, that, that well, that's that's a total selling point to me, Michael. <coughs> Sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> so, so where, where does this put you, Mike? I know you have a lot of Hawkeye figures. It's like pretty much like cement you as having all the Hawkeyes ever. Marvel Legends wise, yeah, I have every Marvel Legends like Hawkeye. You, you know what I saw? I know we were discussing about the the actual bow or whatever, and and how it's similar to a lot of the other uh, Hasbro bows that have been released in the past, and that it's a little funky. I did see somebody put the this new Heroic Age Hawkeye with the bow from the Toy Biz version, and it did look kind of cool. So, oh yeah, does it, it actually fits? Like uh, I'll have to because I remember like I tried doing that with the other Hawkeye, like the and first. It didn't work. Yeah, and it, it didn't really fit too well in his hand. Oh, I was just gonna say I only saw some photos, so um, but I mean it looked it looked pretty genuine to me. Like well, it looked like the, it the heroic, well. like the heroic age Hawkeye, and I guess we'll call it the now Hawkeye. Like uh, their their hands are like not are different. Like they're both like molded differently so maybe i'll try again with this one so yeah there's some uh of the new marvel legends wave at my local walmart and i would have brought up as my awesome thing of the week but i'm going to get machine man but i'll wait till i get him in hand before i reveal him as my awesome thing but i'm definitely getting machine man machine man yeah stack yeah cool all right well i guess that wraps up our awesome thing of the week Uh, We hope you enjoyed listening to this first installment of our Avengers Month here on Fanholes Podcast. This is, of course, the Fanholes Podcast proper. You can, of course, find us on our blog spot, fanholespodcast.blogspot.com. If you have any comments, questions, concerns, hate mail, you want to yell at us for saying that Mockingbird probably didn't get raped, then you can email us at fanholespodcast at gmail.com. And we are on Stitcher Radio, so if you like streaming this stuff and don't like downloading it, go check us out on Stitcher Radio. We're on iTunes. We are on Twitter. We're on uh, Facebook. We're on, I think we're on Google+, sort of. You know, we've got a a new uh, Instagram and all this kind of stuff. So if you're into any of those, Tumblr. You're into any of those social medias, then feel free to check us out over there. And until the next time, make mine fan holes. This is Derek signing off. It's Mike with arrows as ever signing off. And this is Tony. And despite how good this show was as far as the series, fuck you, Crossfire. Crossfire. Crossfire.
out. See, now I have an image of like Hawkeye and like uh, Crossfire and like this dark club with all these lasers shooting around with them playing that little board game with the marbles. Like, <laughs> Crossfire! Crossfire! Get up in us! Like sitting across from Hawkeye, like, you'll get caught up in the me. <laughs> in the me. And then, you know, the little kids in the leather jackets are like, yeah! <laughs> 